Yeah. <laughs> so I started yesterday off. I fell out at the lake walking. Hurt my shoulder and my neck. This morning I get up. I'm rushing around trying to get everything done. Didn't notice that I had the guard off of my razor. I was shaving my mustache. Zip. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I'm trying to even it up. And you can see how that worked. <laughs> So that's me. Yeah, and she's not here to witness it. That's the problem. Well, let's start with a word of prayer here. I know you've already prayed, but I've been rushing around. So, Father, we just give you thanks. We thank you that we can come into this place, your place that you've set aside for your purpose. And we can seek you in the word. We can seek you in prayer. We can seek you in song. We can seek you in the faces of the people around us. Father, thank you for your holy blessing and your holy presence. Open up our hearts and our minds. Thank you that in your spirit, we are one, whether we're online and thousands of miles away or whether we are right here. We are one in your spirit. And I pray your spirit upon this place right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few weeks back, I don't know if you remember, we had a bunch of cards out there with names of police officers on them. And... uh, We wanted to pray for the whole police department. This is a couple of weeks ago now. I'm finally getting to it. But we went over there uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. Um, Al and Hector and Kelly and myself. And we met the chief police and some of the other police officers. And each one of them got a card with one of your names on it because you're praying for them. We got to put them in all their little cubbyhole things so that they would see these cards and know that they're being prayed for. And I can tell you... It meant a lot to them. So I want to thank you all for for taking those cards and just remind you to keep on praying. Keep on praying for our brothers and sisters in blue. Today, we come to the final week of our Real God, Real Life study, study of 2 Peter. It's funny, when I started this short series, I wanted to do a short series, and um, Second Peter wasn't on my mind for this particular passage or what I wanted to do, but you know how the Holy Spirit works sometimes. It's just Second Peter. And man, I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be doing today. What got me going on it is this statement by uh, A.W. Tozer from his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I've been emphasizing this every week. This is real God, real life. How you view God shapes your life. The bigger your God is, the the greater you trust your God, the more faith you live in, the better your life is. If your God is small and your faith is small and you're not sure about God, whether he's going to come through, your life is going to reflect that. So real God real life. You can go to our website, Lakeway Online, get the app to uh, go to Facebook to download any of the previous messages. So today we're going to finish up the whole of chapter three. This letter and this portion of the letter is the last writings uh, of anything that we have of Peter. Shortly after this, he was executed by the Roman Emperor Nero. And he concludes the letter. and, And really this This idea of real God, real life really comes into focus in this last chapter. So we're going to dive right in. I'm reading 2 Peter chapter 3 from the New Living Translation. And this week I'm going to read a bit. We're going to talk about it, read a bit, talk about it my normal way. 
This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I've tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. I I like the way Peter personalizes it. Your apostles. These apostle means those who have been selected and sent. And, And what he's telling, and he's one of them. We've been sent to you, is what he's saying. So he kind of brings it to a conclusion, very similar to the way that he started it. He talks about reminders and the purpose of the letter to stimulate in us a better way of living. The reminder is, who's God? The stimulate your living is, how do you respond to who God is? Real God, real life. And I remember a couple of weeks ago when we started it, I talked about reminders. Because he begins his letter with reminders. And we all need reminders, don't we? We constantly need to be reminded of who God is. His power, his authority, his love, his grace. Because the world invades constantly. With negativity, with evil, with darkness. And we constantly need to be reminded all the time that we serve the creator of all things. And that he has not forgotten that we are here. He reminds us of of what he has done and, and the reminder that this isn't all there is. We don't live for this. We live for something that is to come, something that is better. And then Peter kind of focuses here. We are reminded how to live in response to that information. Do you give yourself reminders? Do you keep a little diary? Some people journal. I don't, but my wife does, the organized one. And she just keeps a journal of answered prayers. And sometimes I'll get to it and I'll, and I'll look and I, I, you know, I've shared this with you before. Sometimes I'm ashamed of the great things I forgot that God did. And I need to be reminded like, wow, that's right. That was God. That was God. That was God. That was God. We need that. So he continues on in verse 3. He says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. So in the previous chapter, he talked about false prophets who were around way back in the day when the scriptures were first being laid out. And then he told them, and these false teachers are present with you today in the church today. And we talked about this last week, how there are still false prophets and false teachers. So he talks about what was in the past, and then this time he's now saying, scoffers will come. This is going to happen in the future. There are going to be these people who laugh at faith and at Christ. And the point that he's making, and this is right in your notes here, there will always be opposition to the word of God. There will always be opposition to the word of God. I think that's the next slide. There. Thank you. The reason that this is important is that he doesn't want them or us to lose hope and lose faith and fall into sin, which is what was happening to these people. Because, you know, if you've got this situation where if you take God out of the equation... Sin is rampant. 
There's no higher authority. And, and, you know, you just do as you please. We need accountability. We're not very good without accountability. More on that in a minute. He says, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. So their attitude is, he's not coming back. Party time. Do what we want. And, you know, I talked about this last week. They were, they were deceiving people. Jesus taught on this so many times. He knew what was going to happen. If you read through the, the four Gospels, so many times Jesus taught, you know, while, while the king is away, the servants will play. This is what's happening right here. I find it interesting. We've been in the last days for a long, long time, haven't we? I mean, there are still people that just focus all the time on the last days, the last days, the last days. They were focused on them back then. Only God knows. Jesus taught that. Even the disciples said to him, when's the last days? He said, I don't know. (laughs) Dad's got that under control. But the last days have been coming for a long, long time. And I can see why some people fall away from their faith or have difficulty with faith. I mean, the world is a mess, isn't it? It is an absolute meth, mess. Meth is another mess. <laughs> I mean, humanity's inhumanity to humanity is absolutely mind-numbing. And the scary thing is, you know, psychologists, scientists, and, and eth- evidence shows us that most people, ordinary people like you and I, are capable of incredible evil if put in the right circumstances and persuaded of the right things. This is why whole nations will turn on a group of people and try and wipe them out because they're evil. We've got to take care of this. Gosh, you know, just yesterday, shooting right next door to us. And it's like, do you know what bothers me about it? There's so many things that bother me about it. Under ordinary circumstances, if you go back 10 years, just 10 years, and that had happened in Allen, when I walked in here, it would have been the first thing I would have heard. Did you hear what happened in Allen? Hardly a word. Because it happens every other day, doesn't it? It's not news anymore. It's just the proximity that changes it. It's sad. Evil is real. And it is dark, it is insidious, it is manipulative, and it is infectious. And it is all around. That's why this stuff is so very, very important. It's, it's not enough. Just, oh gosh, I'm going to go on a rant. Don't go on a rant, Mike. <laughs> My wife's not sitting there going... we got to make it part of us. You know, I, t- I keep saying this. Coming to church, coming to small group, coming to Bible study, all good, good, good. Good, good stuff. If you don't make it part of yourself, if you don't make it part of your life, if you're not living it, you are susceptible to the darkness around us. 
the more you engage with God, the more the Holy Spirit in you grows and the more protection you have from the darkness. But you've got to make it part of you. You have to live it. You can't just read about it. And that's a lot of what Peter is talking about in it. This, this is your God. How do you live in relation to this God? He is all-powerful. We do not live in fear. We live in hope. Our God is the God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the eternal God. We do not live in fear. We live in hope. When you live in fear, you, you, you worry about everyday things, right? Fear causes sin. When you live in fear, you're afraid to live in faith. Because you're always worried that, that God's not going to come through for you. And it scares you. So your God is kind of small. But, but when you live in hope, you have faith. And when you live in faith, you live in strength. You're not living for this. You're living for what is to come. You're living as a, as a warrior of the kingdom of God. Not an orphan of this world. All right, carrying on. Verse 5. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounding it with water. Now, we're going to go through a list here. I love this. It's verses 5 through 10. You can pull out of it six characteristics of God. So if you've got your notes there, you can fill, there's, a, there's three columns. Anybody need notes? All right, three columns. There's a God columns. <laughs> Bob's so happy. Come on, someone over here, please. <laughs> oh, I don't have any, Bob. <laughs> All right, so they deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounding it Surrounded it with water. So God, the creator. God is our creator. He created everything. Nothing exists that, that he didn't create. He carries on. He says, then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. So we have God, the judge. He is the creator. He is the judge. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. So we have God the eternal. He is outside of time. We can't, you know, where are you, God? He's like everywhere. I'm here. And it's all in his time. Verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So this is God the merciful. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with, with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Ooh. We live in hope. This is God the righteous. 
And then Peter goes into this little dialogue, how we respond to that. We've still got one more attribute of God. He says things, everything around us is going to be destroyed like this. What holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heaven and new earth he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. We are not, like I said, we're not to live in fear. We're to look forward to what is to come. We live in the hope of the Lord's coming. All of this is temporary. Don't live for the temporary. It's all going to go away. Jesus taught on this so often, didn't he? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where rust, moth, and thieves steal and, and destroy it, consume it. Store up eternal treasures. Now, when you think about this for a second, I talked about this a few weeks ago. What are eternal treasures? What's the only thing on this planet that is eternal. God. Jesus. Come on, folks. We. Us. Everything else is temporary. The only treasures that you can store up in heaven are people. Good answer. Are people and your dog. And her dog. <laughs> That's the only treasure that we store up. I sincerely believe that when we give our time, our talents, and our treasures to the work of the church, we're storing up treasure in heaven because the church is the instrument that Jesus has chosen to continue on his work. You and I, we are the church. He's not looking for lone rangers. He, this is the church's role, and we store up treasure in heaven when we invest ourselves in the work of the church. More on that in a couple of weeks coming. And so, dear friends... While you were waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Peaceful, pure, blameless lives. Sweet Jesus, to live a peaceful, pure, blameless life. What a treasure that would be, wouldn't it? I mean, that's, that's the goal that we all aim for. I'm not there. <laughs> I can't even show you. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. That's the last one of your list of God. God, the patient. So if the only things on this planet that are eternal are you and I and Kayla's dog, his patience allows for as many people as possible to enter into paradise. So, you know, I, I get caught in the middle of all of this because I get sick of this and inhumanity. And it's God, Jesus, would you come? And then I think about the people I know and I love that don't know Jesus. And it's Jesus, would you wait? 
would you wait a little bit? So there's this balance between hastening what is to come, looking forward to it, and yet, I can't write what I wrote. <laughs> when did I write that? And yet, yeah, while I was shaving. <laughs> this is not what I've got, but this is what it means. And yet working our behinds off to make sure as many as possible get there. It's as though God is saying, if I tarry, if I wait a little while before coming back, will you get out there and do the work? Will you get out there and and impact people's lives? Will you tell them about my son, Jesus? If I hold off here for a little bit, will you do the work for me? Because if we're not doing the work, there's no point in him holding off, is there? Might as well get her done. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. Anybody struggle with Paul's stuff? It's out there, isn't it? (laughs) I think it's interesting that Peter is writing about Paul. Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. You catching that? And this will result in their destruction. Before Peter died, some of Paul's writing was already considered Scripture. Now, I, I should have done a little bit of research. I can't, I can't remember who died first, whether it was Paul or Peter. But I think Paul was still alive at this time. And some of his writing is... So this is the New Testament writing about the New Testament. As it's being formed, it's kind of... I just like that stuff. You already know all these things, dear friends. So be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of the wicked people and lose your own secure footing footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, don't get fooled. Don't slip. Keep a firm foothold in your faith in Jesus. And you must grow. You must grow. You must grow, is what he's saying. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here. At least I am. You got that last page there with the three columns. Grace, knowledge, and growth. All right, there we go. You sure you've all got notes now? Because you need this. I was talking to Jesus this morning. He said, if they don't have notes, Mike, I don't know if I'm letting them in. I said, okay, I'll try and get as many. To the church, I meant not... So three parts, which were knowledge, grace, and growth. I flipped them around. So this is real God, real life here, all right? We're going to end this whole series on a little bit of classroom work, if you will. So from verse 18, we saw all those attributes of God. That's column one. That's knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the Lord. So you can put that in there. Knowledge of the Lord. Yep, go ahead. Put that next screen. Column two is grace. So the idea is the Lord, because the Lord is, therefore I am. It's a grace statement. And then column three 
is our response to the truths of column one and column two. God is this, therefore I am this, therefore I will be or I will do. This is all about being. All right, that makes sense? So we're going to go through these real quick because I like real quick. So the Lord is creator, right? Created everything. He is the judge. He's the one that decides who goes where. He is eternal. He's everlasting. He is merciful. He is righteous and he is patient. That is all knowledge of the Lord. This is what Peter said. You must grow in your knowledge and grace of the Lord. This is real God. Column two, the Lord is, therefore I am. And these are all grace statements. God is the creator, therefore I am precious. You are precious. I've put I am because you're writing this about you. God is the creator, therefore I'm precious. Regardless of what the world might say, if you don't look right, if you don't sound right, if you're not the right shape, if you don't live in the right income bracket or in the right place, you are precious because you are a creation of the Lord God. God is the judge. Therefore, I am accountable. I am accountable to the Lord. How we live matters. God is eternal. Therefore, I am eternal. You are eternal. This is not all there is. We spend eternity somewhere. We want to make sure we spend it in the right place. God is merciful, therefore I am blessed. I'm blessed by his mercy. God is righteous, therefore I am cleansed. I am refined. It talked about everything going into the fire. The fire takes out all of the dross, all of the impurities. It leaves what is good. God is patient. You ever been trying to do something on a computer and you're, you just can't get it and somebody's trying to explain it to you? And you feel like an idiot? <laughs> Mo knows. <laughs> And you're just so thankful when they're patient with you, right? Thank you for being patient. That's okay. <laughs> God is patient, therefore I am grateful. And then column three is the response to the first two. I will be. The Lord is creator, therefore I am precious. I will be respectful of his creation. I'm not going to take his creation into places where Jesus wouldn't want it to go. I'm not going to set my eyes on things that would upset Jesus because I'm his creation. I'm not going to do things that would embarrass my Lord and Savior. I will respect his creation. That's you. That's me. I need to respect this one a little bit more. The Lord is judge, therefore I am accountable, so I will be repentant. I will change my mind, I will change my thinking about how I live, because I have to account to my Lord. The Lord is eternal, I am eternal, therefore I will be patient. I will wait upon the Lord, I will be patient with God, I will be patient with me. You ever get impatient with yourself? I'm just not where I should be. Gosh. You need to be patient with yourself. Every single one of us is a work in progress. And we need to be patient with each other. Because every single one of us is a work in progress. 
I'm just thankful I'm more patient with you than I am with me. <laughs> the Lord is patient, therefore I am grateful. I will be diligent. Thank you. Did I miss one? Which one did I miss? Judge, accountable, repentant, respectful. Lord is eternal. I am eternal, patient. Lord is merciful. Therefore, I am humbled. I shall be gracious. I shall be gracious. He is patient with me. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting confused here. Can't shave. <laughs> Therefore, I am grateful. I will be diligent. Because I will be working for the Lord. He doesn't want anyone to miss out, nor should we. And we need to live for that purpose. I need to stick to my notes. Now where am I? <laughs> righteous. I know it's in here. Give me a minute. The Lord is, Lord is merciful. Lord is righteous. Therefore, I am cleansed. I will be ready. Catch up to my notes here. God. Jesus talked all the time. He said, when the king's away, the servants will play. Live as though the king is coming back today. If the king walked through the doors right now and said, how you doing? Let's do a little checkup on your life. Let's go home and take a look at your, uh, where you're spending your money. What, is your, what, what have you set your eyes upon today? What were you thinking about this morning? Were you ready for me today? That's how we should live. All right, I'm going to go back here. Lord is merciful. Lord is righteous. I said patient. Um, have I missed any? I got them all, but not in the right order. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, glory to him both now and forever. Amen. All right. Gosh. When we better understand who the Lord is, the real Lord, we get a better perspective of who we are and when we have a right perspective of who we are, we have a better opportunity to live right for the Lord. Does that make sense? And that drives us to a better life which glorifies his name, which brings us back to our theme for the year, a year of living in faith, and our theme passage. And this, I'm praying for me, I'm praying for you. And just as it says, so we keep on praying. We keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. What is your faith prompting you to do? Think about that. Think about what gutsy kind of things God is kind of prompting you to do. And you're kind of, hmm, how big is your God? I'll get to you in a moment. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Somebody's been teaching you well, even though they left you out in the sun. <laughs> May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I added a couple of questions on the end of your notes. They're just questions to be considered. They're not there to, to make anybody feel guilty. 
If the Holy Spirit is convicting you, that's a whole different thing. You need to consider them. But this whole passage of Scripture, Peter, it was a reminder, right? It was a reminder of who God is and to prompt them to live in accordance with who God is. So this is a reminder. These are remembering questions. How has my knowledge of Christ affected my life? Consider that question today. What do I know about God? How has it changed my life? How has it affected my life? And then the next one that flows right out of that, how has my knowledge of Christ affected the lives of those around me? So right away, I know there's one person who's affected the life of someone around them because I just heard that young man preach the gospel pretty good right there. So, but that's how it should be, right? People should know that we are followers of Jesus Christ because we are followers of Jesus Christ, not because we say we're followers of Jesus Christ. It just oozes out of us. They see it and they go, man, I don't know, you know, I, I always thought Christians were kind of hypocritical and, and judgmental and all that. But you, man, I want to be like you. I, I want what you have. I want to live the way you are living. So questions to consider. Real God, real life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. I'm all over the place here this morning, but you're not. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're all over the place, and that's a good, good thing. Father, may your spirit just take the jumbled up words that I just preached here and make sense of them to each one of us here today, that we would know you, that we would know who we are in you, and we would live in response to who we are in you, and that others would know you because of the way we live. Father, we thank you for your patience and your grace and your mercy and your righteousness. We thank you for bearing with us. And we thank you for waiting. And we thank you for what is to come. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. To finish up, we are going to share communion today. Mr. Mo Kinsley is going to come and lead us in communion. All right. Well, those that are going to help, please come forward up here, and I'll make you stand here uncomfortably while I speak. Okay. This is a time, in all seriousness now, is that, we switch gears, and what I mean by that is we put all the things of our world aside right now, and we want to focus on what we're doing. Think of how difficult it was for the Lord Jesus that night that he was betrayed. They were all sitting around, you know, eating and enjoying each other's company, and he says, okay, everybody. I want to tell you something. What the Lord did is was he switched gears. Their focus, I can just picture them all turning and looking towards him. Because the Lord always did that before he had something. I have something I want to teach you. I want y'all, y'all be sure and hear this. And that's what we need. So the night that he was betrayed, he took these emblems, the bread which was his body and he said this will be broken for you and he
he said, I want you to take this, and what did he say? In remembrance of me. The same way with the fruit of the vine. He wanted them to drink this because this is my blood that I'm going to shed for you. And you know what? This became the eternal sacrifice for Jesus that we don't have to go and get a dove or a goat or whatever and sacrifice. Jesus did that for us. And being perfect in every way, no blemish or sin, he said, I'm not only going to do it for you guys, I'm doing this for everyone now, tomorrow, and the day after that. In other words, once this is done, that's all that needs to be done. But do this in remembrance of me. So as you examine yourself before you partake of these emblems, you need to know that, okay, Jesus is my Savior. I have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Thus, you have the opportunity to remember him through this sacrifice. But you need to prayerfully think about what you're doing. And you need, if there's something in your mind that, and God will bring it to your mind right away. Lord, forgive me for this stupid thing I did yesterday. You know, take this away. Make it so that I can go to your throne, approach you, and you won't be ashamed of me. So I'm going to pray right now, just a general prayer. And I, I, I ask you to join with me. Let those things come to your mind that you need to ask for forgiveness for before you partake so you can do it in a worthy manner. Jesus will put a smile on his face and say, it was worth it. So let's pray. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. You are the ultimate giver, Lord. We just pray that all the things we do in our lives where we stumble and fall and you pick us back up. We just thank you for your grace, Lord, that we can learn from our mistakes. And we just pray that as we go, as we partake of these emblems, we'll do it the way that you meant it to be done in remembrance of me. We'll give you the praise, the glory, glory and honor forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, on the night that he had the Lord's Supper, he said, you know, take this bread and take this fruit of the vine and remember me. So as you come, we want you to get a piece of bread and the fruit of the cup and go back to your seat. We're all going to do it at the same time. And I'll pray for that as we do it. So 
come forward and get your uh, emblems. Did we miss anyone? Okay. Then he took the bread and broke it and says, Eat, this is my body. In the same manner, he said, Take this as my blood. This is a time when I said we need to change gears. Now, you have remembered the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and his shedding of blood. What did he want us to do from that point forward? He wanted us to go, as we go, a verb, spreading the gospel and letting people that don't know, so they get to take this 
more than that, they get to be at the celebration. Because let me tell you something, this is a solemn moment, but it's joyous because you know what? I know the end of the book. I read ahead, okay? God wins. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. Thank you all for being here today. We thank you so much for everything that uh, you've shown us today, Lord. Help us to be mindful as we go to smile and give someone love that they might not be getting anywhere else so that we can be bearers of good news. As we leave, breakfast, Bob, breakfast on a bun over there, that's what I call him forever. We take up an offering. It doesn't go anything towards the church funds or anything to run this church. It is for benevolence. There always seems to be someone in need who comes to the church. And you know what? God is good. He provides just that amount of money so we can help that person. So as you go, if you have something you can give, please give it. Let's pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look towards you. May he shine his face upon you and give you peace. And as we go this week, let us be the light and the darkness that this world so needs. And every one of God's people said, Amen. You are dismissed.